Hey everyone, thanks for downloading the audio version of this 100 Cups of Coffee interview on the xclass.com. Uh, this is Dana and I am interviewing Sheetal Jaitley, who is the CEO of Tribal Scale. Originally, the interview was supposed to be about failure and how to overcome it, but we ended up getting into some really good mental health discussions that I didn't quite expect, but I think you're going to really, really like. Also keep in mind, this is a lot, um, this is a much fuller version than what you're going to find online. And that's just because when interviews get transcribed, they usually get cut for clarity or for just tone and flow. So this is a really good way to A, not be glued to a computer screen reading, uh, take this audio, you know, wherever you're going on a run or if you have a commute and you're going to get a lot more questions that the people reading don't either keep that a secret to yourself or share that with others. You're really going to love this. Enjoy, and I'll talk to you right after the interview's over. Okay, um, <laughs> I've been in sales my whole life, I think. I, my yeah. dad was in real estate, and I'd follow him around, and he'd leave me at a house, and he might own three houses on a street, and I'd be down the street, yeah. and he'd just be like, sit here and wait, the other agents are coming, and I'll be right back, and then the other people came, and... I started showing around the house because I seen him do it a million times, and before you know it, I sold the house without my dad present. Amazing. And he was like, "I was eight years old." And he was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> he was like, "Stupid! I'm gonna kill you!" You know, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you and get then, a good list price? Yeah, yeah. Like I had them, you know. Oh my god! Um, and so I always, I always just embodied like this entrepreneurial um, type mindset from from a very young age and. Even when I went into a sales organization, I was in business development for a majority of my career, but even when I went into business development, I never looked at it as like I'm working for another company. Yeah. I looked at it like this company's given me a phone, it's given me a computer, and it's given me this toolbox, and it's up to me to go write my own paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so I always looked at it very entrepreneurial. I think that has correlated all the way through. Is there a reason that you looked at it through that specific lens? Through the, okay, this is my little business, but a business, I'm going to make what I can of it? Yeah, I think because, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to, you want to be happy with what you're doing. I'll never be, you know, I'll never be the type of guy, you could pay me, I quit a job making a lot of money where I was before because I literally was doing nothing. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to the office for three months and they gave me a raise in that time. So most people would think, oh, that's amazing. It's like you hit a lottery, you're making a lot of money, and you don't even work. You don't even check your email. And I think you got to have pride in what you do, and I had no pride doing that. And so if I was going to, when I want to run my own business, whether I'm working within another organization or working for myself, yeah. I want to see the outcome, the fruits of my labor come flourish. Right. Monetary second. Um, so if you actually go out there and like build something from scratch or sell something from scratch or put a deal together, that adrenaline rush you get is great. The paycheck is just a byproduct of it. Um, you know, being able to go out there and sell a deal where you make a big commission check, Mm -hmm. commission check feels good when you get it, but what feels even better is getting that deal done. Like when they actually sign the papers and you're like, Hey, this is actually gonna, this is actually gonna happen. Okay. Um, if there were two mantras that you sort of repeat to yourself every day, what are those? So, what are the two things that you really believe in, or that you find that are themes? Uh, that one is one is one is I'll steal it from Mark Cuban. Okay. That there's always somebody across the street who's trying to work day and night to kick your ass. I like it. Okay. And so, I make sure that I'm that person across the street from everybody, one of my other competitors. Okay. And all my competitors know that I'm out there and I'm going to kick their ass. It's like the Michael, and I always quote Michael Jordan, you know. Um, 
it takes it takes a person to be great, but it takes a team to win a championship. And so, my second mantra is like making sure that everybody around here could walk the could could talk the talk, walk the walk, and have that a little extra swagger in their step because they know they're just always kicking everybody else's ass. We're going to be the best at everything we do. Uh, maybe it's my Indian parents from when I was a kid where it's like, you got nine out of ten, that's shit. Where, 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 go? You got one wrong. And I'm the same way. I'm like, we do everything. <laughs> we do everything. Russian we, students, yeah, okay. We have to be above and beyond at the expectations we set for ourselves. Anything yeah. else less than that's a failure. So the first mantra is there's someone out there to kick your ass, so mm-hmm. make sure you outwork and, and you, you outwork that other person so that doesn't happen. Yeah. And number two is be the best at what you what you say you're gonna do mm-hmm. and make sure you always deliver on that. Don't what I hate is what I see is people try to spread themselves way too thin. Yeah. And they do everything half ass. Well okay. then you're just gonna end up with a half ass result. So yeah. focus on what you're strong at and really crush it. Okay. What is a failure? I feel like lately a lot of different words, and you might have noticed this on social, entrepreneurship, startups, failure, success, very hashtagized yeah. is how I would call it. What is failure? So our hashtag failure? here is fail fast. Right. So what does that mean, and what is failure on a real experiential level? Like, I'm going through this. It's not just I'm tweeting about it. What is it? What's yeah, so like? we have actually have a Slack channel called Fail Fast. Yes. And so it's encouraged that if you're failing, if you failed at something, okay. teach Stand up and okay. teach everybody about that right away. So you don't just say, I failed. What do you say? No, you stand up and you say, here's, I failed. Here's what happened to me. Okay. Here's what the lesson learned from it and, okay. why, and why it won't happen again. And we teach everybody. So like fail fast mm-hmm. is one of the set channels in Slack that goes off every hour or two. Because no matter what you failed at, it's your job to go and teach everyone else yeah. what you failed on. So I, I like to embrace failure. I don't think failure is a bad thing. Because right. what happens is if you don't embrace failure mm-hmm. is that I start failing at something, I'm working with you two, and then I push it under the rug, and I'm like, we'll figure it out, and then I suck you two into it, and this web of crap starts building on something that's already destined to fail, and then next thing you know, we bring in the whole organization, and we've wasted six months of our time, and the root cause of the failure was probably easy to fix, but now I've created this tangled mess of everybody in with me, and something that was destined to fail from the beginning because I didn't want to get in trouble for it. So you don't get, working hard and working smart is accepting failure. Yes. So you work hard, you fail, you learn, you, you go again. Um, and that's what we made, that, that's, that's what we embody here, um, to stand up. And even in, every morning at stand up, we say, hey, what's a fair, fail fast story? And somebody will, you know, have- Is it the, limited to work stories or can it be- No, stories? there was one today that I was walking behind another girl and I thought it was Courtney who works here at this office. Oh, no. And you, you took a picture and it looked at like Courtney. He goes, but just before I was about to go prank her, I went to look if it was her. And sure, sure enough, fail fast, it wasn't her. Okay. Uh, so it could be anything. Okay. It could be anything. Okay, awesome. And so for you, failure is if it's not perfect? Or you mentioned before how? Yes, it? yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's okay. Yeah, so I'm, I want to so know So that's how okay. You Let's learn how we, how we need to be perfect yeah. the next time. Okay. Right? I think to be perfect, you have a lot of failures that happen to get there. Right. Okay. So and you'll fail 15 times, and then you'll be better than perfect. Okay. So as a student, put yourself back in the your yeah. days. You're 20. All your friends are succeeding. They're, I don't know, whoever got the job that they wanted or that they've been talking sure. about forever. And then there's you who's trying something and either just can't get it at the moment or 
maybe it isn't the right thing for you, what would you tell yourself at that age? Do you know what? I told myself something at that age that I think was way more beneficial for me in the long term okay. than it was for when me when I was a student. So here I am at York, and people from my business school are getting hired by Deloitte, or they're going to McKinsey, and they're doing, it's like, oh, wow, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're starting to do stuff. Then there's people who are chasing titles, and they wanted to be directors in their 20s, and, and, and then they were going and chasing all this. But if you look at them now, now that they're in their 30s, they're still in the same bullshit position they were in. Their pay grade has maybe gone up 10%. Mm-hmm. And they really are pigeonholed in that little sandbox that they created for themselves. As opposed to people like Adam, I'll use Adam, comes out of school, starts learning something fresh, realizes that, hey, in the current job he has, he's not expanding his mind and not learning, comes over and starts working with us. I know how much he makes. It's not for his paycheck. But he works day and night because he's learning and he's constantly growing. And you fast forward 10 years from now, I'm sure Adam's going to be the one who I'm writing the biggest check to so he can run his own firm. Because he's, he's gone and he's done the hard steps it takes and not just took the easy way out. And I think too many students chase the title, chase the prestige of working for a big company and think that's cool. And sure, they might be able to buy a bottle in a club at that age and like, do whatever that they think is cool at, or buy a nice car that they think is cool at that time, yeah. what they're realizing is they've given up an, an opportunity to learn a lot and that the people who are still actually learning a lot and working hard are going to surpass them in the long run. Um, if you go back to your high school days, all those cool kids who were in high school who are now, I'm, I'm sorry to say, at probably some community college and not, and not learning much, um, are looking at you guys at Waterloo as the new leaders, and now all of a sudden you guys are the cool kids, especially at Waterloo. Um, that's cool. And that's gonna, and that, and that, and that's, and that's harsh reality. So yeah. you have to take the same mantra of like hard work is hard work. There's no substitute for it. Was there a point in your twenties and your university years where you failed and <laughs> that you would do differently? <laughs> Why not? I mean, you're laughing pretty hard, but. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. Nice to meet you. There's a lot. Um, I, I I almost flunked out of university because I didn't want to put in the hard work. Okay. Um, so that that's that's definitely. That? Of course, okay. of course. I think, um, I think I let the freedom. I so I worked all the way throughout university. I was still, I made I was making very good money all the way throughout university, um, and I think I let. I tried to be a know-it-all and be like, my parents are stupid, everybody's dumb, everybody in this university is stupid, I figured out the world, um, I, I figured out how to live in this world and, and, and make an amazing living. A harsh reality hit when the internet boom bubble burst in 2000. Um, and that's when reality really hits you and I think you gotta learn from, I learned a lot from my downs. I went from being on top of the world to almost getting thrown out of school, having no income, creating a mountain of debt, you know, and you feel like you hit rock bottom and you can't get up. Yeah. And I look back at that experience and everything, even till today, yeah. I look back at the lowest point. Like, you know, there's, it, you hit a depression and it's it's really hard to get out of. And I can see... You, can you tell me more about that? Because we all go through it. We all go through it. And I'm, I'm, I'm completely transparent. And it's easy to, like, glaze over and say, yeah, like, I'm, I'm what, completely, what the completely, hell was it like? Yeah, so that depression was crazy. Um... Not only did I lose my job, uh, you know, on the verge of getting kicked out of school, 
Um, you lost your job because of the bust. The, the internet okay. bust. Okay. So I lost my job. Um, was driving a Navigator, paying $800 a month in like car fees that I really shouldn't be paying and did made a lot of stupid choices. Um, but you hit this low and you, as a student, you, when, when you think you figured out the world and then it's closed on you, you really don't know how to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And you hit this depression and then I had um, someone very close to me, like an older brother, pass away. And so that put me further in a depression. And I kind of spiraled into this depression. And I remember my father coming to me and he's just like, you're not, you haven't shaved in like a little while. And you kind of just from moping up, moping in and around the house. And this is not you, this is out of your personality. You just gotta go out there and get any job. And at, at that point, what was going through your head? I just don't know how to figure out the world. I don't know what to do. I don't know everybody. I look at my were friends. Were you trying to shut yourself in? Like, were you, what was going on? Yeah, I, I, I can't explain it. I think, tactically, I was doing all the wrong things. I was just staying in my room, not not leaving, sleeping during the day, can't wake up, you know? Yeah. All, the, all, all, all the regular signs of depression. Okay. Um, but, I think... The way I started coming out of it was, it wasn't about the title and it wasn't about, I just had to go out there and find my way and just trust that I'll find my way. And I did, you know, too many times we look for the answer to the equation, but you don't know what the variables are. And so my dad's advice was just get up and go get any job. Just go up and get a job. And so I got back up on my feet and I went back to the company that laid me off and was like, how did you get back in? I walked into the president's office and was like, I need to get back in here. I'm willing to work for free. I need to get back in here. And that morphed into me working again there, making minimum wage, but it was a paycheck, um, learning. And then him introducing me to someone else who was in the copier industry and was like, why don't you get, go get formal sales training? Then I went into the copier industry and everything I do, even till today, the reason I might be up at 1.30 in the morning on a Friday night like I was last night, last week looking at a spreadsheet yeah. and is because it takes baby steps to get away from that low point in your life. You can't just leapfrog it into, leapfrog into success. And all those small little baby steps I took today take me away from that low point I hit. And I look at everything I'm doing here at Tribal Scale or everything I do when I work from here, I just want to get further and further away from that low point in my life that, that was there. And it's all one step at a time. If it's me working on the spreadsheet right then and there, or if it's me getting up in the morning and reading an article because it's gonna, it could have an impact on my business, um, those are all small little things that I do to get out of there. And there's, there's, there's a saying saying that, you know, success, sure, no problem. There's a saying saying that success happens tomorrow only by the actions you do today. And there's so much, there's so much right to that because if you have success overnight, you haven't earned it. You haven't done the hard work and you haven't put in the time to do it. And I've learned that the hard way that always looking forward and taking those baby steps forward, whether it be anything it'll be to help you as an individual yeah. um, in your career is gonna is, is really beneficial. As a student, what's, what's something that you can do to get away from that? 
that feeling of low, whether that's mental or whether you yeah, feel like I think not look, it happens yet. all the time, especially yeah. especially as a student. Yeah. I think I think I, I suffered with like depression as a student my whole life because I was always the guy who procrastinated, and then I was like, oh my god, it's due Why tomorrow. Why did I do this to myself? Why did I do this to myself? It's due tomorrow morning. Yeah. Oh my god, and then I'm pulling on all nighter, and somehow I get it done. Um, and so as a student, I think what the one thing you definitely got to do is look at time as the variable. That is the one variable you have. Okay. And so don't waste your time not doing type A activities, whether that be for your studies, whether that be spending time with your quality time with your family, whether that be you taking a vacation when you're, when you're about to get burnt out. Yeah. Figure out what your type A activities are going to be and don't let one be more than the other. Right? What do you mean by type A activities? So I think a type A activity is like stuff that you got to get done. Like okay. watching Donald Trump. Like the important things. The you. important things. Watching Donald Trump for four hours a day is not a type A activity. Yeah. Sure, if you wanted to have a release in a day and like that's your. That's, that's your definition that's, of it. That's my like, you know, forbidden fruit that I, I do for like half an hour a day yeah. is put on CNN and see <laughs> what, what the, what the American soap opera is now. Yeah. Uh, and so. But that, I, I time box that. That's, yeah. it, it's a type A activity that needs to be done, but it, could, it should only be done for half an hour a day. Yeah. It shouldn't be something I should do for a long time. And it's called what it is. Like, it's yeah. the guilty pleasure. It's the, that is the guilty pleasure, and that's, what, and that's what I'm going to do. And so, okay. you know, you got to really structure your life in a way so that you do that, and then you get through it. My biggest advice to students is, you know, Stuff that you think is pointless and meaningless right now, don't be a know-it-all. It's not. This is the hard work you have to do okay. to succeed later on. Um, Can you give me an example of that? Yeah, I'll give you an example. I remember sitting in algebra class going, when the hell do I need this? Like, why am I learning this? I don't yeah. need to lean, lean, learn this. Like um, or even calculus. Even, you know, like let's, when you get into more advanced mathematics and I'm sitting there going, what the hell am I going to use this? Like, you make no sense here. But you know what it did teach you? Well, what it does teach you, you correlate it to your real life. You figure out what variables you have in your life or at your job, like a tribal skill. I figure out what variables I have and how am I going to put this together to actually get the best outcome? So it's not a direct... It might not be direct, but, but it taught you the mechanics in your head of how to cut to a conclusion. Okay, I like it. Right? It's there for a purpose. Now... I don't do advanced calculus here at Tribal Scale. But it had a use. But I do know have a process. I, st I always look at something and, when and I always look at something and I say this to everybody here, don't come to me with your fucking problems, come to me with the solution. Yeah. And there's too many people who just come there and like, oh, this is fucked up and that's fucked up and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what's your solution to solve that? Because you're, otherwise you're just bitching, you're not getting it done. And so look at it like a math equation, right? Yeah. What am I going to do to actually get the right outcome? Okay. And so I think there's a lot of things like that that you, as a student, you don't don't take it. You got to have the faith in the process, and knowing that yeah. I got to learn these things. And I think, I, especially I know millennials. You know, I was Gen, Gen X barely, um, but I think millennials get get a hard time because. Everybody says, oh, they're spoon-fed and they're, they're the golden child who have everything just given to them and they need instant gratification and all that stuff. Um, I think that's bullshit. Simon Sinek, yeah. Yeah, well, so, well, Simon Sinek, I think what Simon Sinek was saying was right in a way, but I don't think that millennials are entitled. But we're not victims. Oh, I don't think they're victims. I don't, and I don't think that they're entitled, per se. Uh, however, we do get some crazy requests and responses. Um, <laughs> here, um, but that's okay. I think it's fun. 
what what I what what I do what I do think millennials take for granted of, and I and it's not only millennials, it's just anybody who's in that age group is. Mm-hmm. You really start to realize that you're not like you're not a know-it-all. When you're a teen, you think you know more than your parents. When you're in your twenties, you think, oh, my parents were kind of right, and I'm starting to figure out my way, and my bosses and everybody else don't know what they're mm-hmm. what they're talking about. When you're in your thirties, you actually realize I was an idiot for thirty years. I really didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And now it's my job to go teach others to like how to form themselves and and what they could do. There's a good, there's a a really good video of Jack Ma talking about what you should do in your 20s, what you should do in your 30s, what you should do in your 40s and 50s, um, which is really cool that you should see. Basically, he says in your 20s, it's your job to go fail. Go learn, fail, fall down on your face, get back up, try again, fail, get back up, fail, get back up. But you can't do that with arrogance, right? Like you have to do that with yeah. humbleness, knowing I'm going to fail, I'm going to learn from it, I'm yeah. going to get up. There's a lot of people, entrepreneurs I see in their 20s yeah. who think they're the next Mark Zuckerberg and they go out there and they're like, I, they're failing and they just stick with the so idea. So what they to you is the boss mentality? Ah, uh, okay. And how do we reconcile, I'm going to fail, and that's fine, but I also need to have the audacity to do what I want to do. Yeah, so failing, failing and boss mentality aren't, aren't the same. No. A good not. boss fails a lot. Yes. So when you're in your 20s and you're going to fail a bunch of times, get back up, learn from it, and have the boss mentality to go fix it so you don't fail again. Okay. What you don't do is stick to your idea and be like, oh, this my idea is perfect. I'm not listening to all these people giving me yeah. feedback because... I know it's the right thing to do, and you keep doing it for three years, and now you just wasted three years of your life on something that I'll never pan out. And I see too many entrepreneurs in their 20s just, they, you know, we've been taught that have the boss mentality and just keep driving forward, um, but not taking the advice or even taking proper market validation that their idea or startup is going to work. Um, so that's that, that's one. So fail a lot, but learn from your failures in your twenties, and then okay. and then be able to stand so up. The boss just, mentality is like encapsulated within. The boss mentality is completely separate. Go be a boss. Don't. So especially when I see an entrepreneur and I'm, they have a product and they're like, yeah, but you know we don't have any customers yet. This is why we really need your advice. Yeah. I'm like, have you picked up the phone and called anybody yet? No. Well, you need an intro into one of the major banks here. You need it. I'm a media guy. You need an intro into one of the big networks. Yeah, if you could get me that intro. I'm like, have you tried calling yet? No, I thought I'd come to you. And I was like, no. Be a boss. Pick up the phone. If you have something that you know yeah. is going to help the, help the other person on the other side of the table, believe me, they'll listen. You just got to be a boss and get there. Yeah. Um, we do, we've been, I'm actually working very closely with uh, the Knowledge Society. Um, here in Toronto, and they take kids that are between the ages of 13 and like 17, yeah. and they say, outside of school, we're going to give you a platform so that you can become the next Steve Jobs, or you can become the next Larry Ellison, or, or Mark Benioff. Okay. And one of the kids there, um, this kid Sunrose, he's amazing, he's 15 years old, he wanted to learn about machine learning, and there was a huge conference on machine learning happening at U of T, he was like, I can't get tickets. And his boss mentality kicked in. He was like, screw it. I'm just going to go. And so he goes and to the... And no one stopped him? And so he, go, he goes to the conference. Yeah. And he purposely goes an hour late. And he sees name tag sitting there. And he goes up and he grabs somebody else's name tag. And then he walks into the conference. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to get in shit. But I'm here. I made it. I'm inside. And then he goes sees that one of the speakers is somebody who spoke for him at the Knowledge Society. So then he goes right up to the speaker... And he's like, 
who's an investor here also, and he's like, hey, Farhan, um, I met you at the Knowledge Society. I was, you did a talk, whatever, this and that. I really just took this badge, and I don't want to get kicked out, whatever, this and that. And the speaker was like, you're not going to get kicked out. Shut up and sit over here in the front row. I got you. No one's going to throw you out. You're now my guest. And so put that name tag back because that poor person's going to need it, and then come back in here. So he did that. Then the next day was this huge invite-only Google conference. And then he heard all the speakers talking as he stood beside Farhan and wanted to meet all the speakers and get his questions asked one-on-one. And he was like, well, I want to come to this Google conference tomorrow. And so they were like, well, you got in here. Why don't you show up at Google and do that? And he was like, okay. And then Dan DeBow got up and started speaking, and he went up to Dan DeBow, and Dan DeBow's like, I'm actually at that conference tomorrow. I know the organizer. Let me get you an actual ticket. And got him a ticket. And so he showed up the next day at a Google conference, and it was, the Google conference was amazing. I was there too. Um, But every startup influential person in the Toronto site tech scene was there. And this 15-year-old kid managed to get there. But he also did this during school hours. So he's skipping school to do this because he knows he wants this is he's going to get more value out of it. Yeah. And he makes arrangements so that he could get his day school stuff done as well. He's still a kid who has 90s. And he's not going to give up on that either. But that's boss mentality. Like, go out there, kill it at school, and then go kill it at what you want to learn. And you want him to learn machine learning and artificial intelligence, and Sunrose made himself go do that. And so that's boss mentality. I'm like, I'm impressed with a kid like that. Then I have a salesperson who sits in front of me and is like, I can't get a meeting at Bell. Could you help me? Like, are you fucking stupid? Pick up a goddamn phone or go over there and walk the hell in. Get the hell in there and figure out, find out what's important to that person you need to talk to and find a way to go meet them. Be a boss. Don't look for a handout. And so it's two different, those are two different things. And so Sunrose fails a lot, but he learns from it. And he's like, forget it. I'm just going to try. And it's totally fine. And if you're scared, if you scared of failure, what was the worst that would have happened at the machine learning conference? Turn Sorry, we're not letting you in. Yeah. And then he was like, forget it. Then I'll sit outside of the conference and I'll talk to the people as they come out. Yeah. Okay. So he still would have learned a lot. He wasn't afraid of failure. Yeah. Right? And if he failed, he was going to pivot his plan and try something else. So they happened together. It's they really happened really together. Perfect. Okay. I have more questions. No worries. So good. Um, on one hand, there's a conversation of go ahead, you know, do what you need to do, what you think is the most valuable thing for you to do, like Sunrose did. Yeah. But then there's also the you also have to tick the proper boxes, the the school, the 90s, the what? Now, I, I don't necessarily say school is for everybody. I'm one of those guys. Ask. I'm yeah. one of those guys. Okay. School's not for everybody. Okay. Um, okay. However, I think hardship... Like that's is, not a blanket statement. That's not a blanket statement, okay. but I think hardship in life is for everybody. If you've been given a... If you've been fed uh, with a golden spoon your whole life, yeah. you haven't learned shit. And you're probably not going to make it on your own. So I, I think, you know, doing the hard work is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. a good thing that's going to make you stronger. And if you cut corners and you don't do the hard work, you're never going to end up with a proper result. Okay. If you, even if you look at Mark Zuckerberg, one of the richest guys out of our generation, um, the guy failed a lot, and he continues to fail. 
But you don't see that. You only notice and you only read about. But that's but he learns from it, and that's why Facebook is the product it is today. Yeah. It's because they try things and they fail, and they try things and they fail, and they keep going. Yeah. And they're not going to stop doing that. They're going to keep doing that. They're just going to try to get better and better and better at it. Yeah. And he pushes that out throughout his organization. So he's put in the hard work, and he receives the failure. He learns from his failures. Okay. And what does success mean to you? This is something I ask everybody. Yeah. It's open-ended on purpose. Yeah, so success, success to me means happiness. It means a sense of self-worth, of like, I'm actually making an impact. Um, success, again, is not your paycheck and is not, success is not your paycheck or your title. Success is do you have that sense of accomplishment? And that's a big thing to say, to be able to say, I accomplished my goal and super surpassed my goal, mm -hmm. that's successful. My goal for tribal scale was to band together and have this culture of people who just want to be the best at everything that they do. And are we successful at doing that? Yeah, because we, we started that, that, that way of thinking. Is our job done? No, because now the goal is even bigger. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and one more. If someone fails, yeah. what do they do to earn respect again? So say at a job, they fail. Step so one, I, two, three, as a co-op student, for example, how okay. do you own your failure? So say you fucked up on an yeah. assignment, uh, you come to your boss, how is it that you can turn an I lost us, I don't know, whatever money or yeah. opportunity, Sure. how do you turn that around? So, great question. So, I have more respect for mm -hmm. people who could come to me and say, I fucked up, yeah. and here's what I'm going to do to fix it, okay. or here's what I've learned so I don't do it again than someone who just hides the fact that they've effed up. And then when they get called out for their bullshit, then it's, then, then it's game over. Then, then you don't have respect yeah. for them. So nobody's perfect. Right. Everybody F's up. Even your bosses F up. Yeah. And so it's really important, and people have a lot of respect for you, even your clients, like even my clients, when we, if we ever F up, have a lot of respect when we go up to them and say, hey, we've F'd up, we've F'd up here. Here's why we F'd up. Here's what we're going to do to solve it. Yeah. And that's a really good conversation and an easy conversation to have with someone because people understand things are going to happen, things are going to change. Yeah. Um, and it's not always as prescriptive as just a math equation. Um, and so, yeah, the, it's, you earn a lot more respect by being open to failure. Okay. So don't ever, like... Then don't look at failure as, like, that's not success. That, you, that, that, that can be successful. Yeah. Right, you have ten failures, and then only then you're successful. Otherwise, you're not. You're never gonna. You, like I said, it's, there's no way you're not gonna have that yellow brick road. You just follow it, and boom, you're you're or successful. Or otherwise, you're tiptoeing because you're scared to make the wrong. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You got to be bold and just make your choice. Go see. Go see it through. Fail. Move on. Let's talk about tribal scale so that okay. we get this into the piece. Sure. I'm going to try to push this for Monday before the closing of the co-op okay. round. We'll right. see if it okay. happens. Okay, cool, cool. But I'm like, what do you want co-op students to know? I know that you've got, like, software positions open. Yeah. What, what do you want to tell these people who are looking and, you know, seeing tribal scale? And yeah, so... Considering whether to apply or not. So here's the biggest thing about considering whether to apply. Um, we work with the PGA Tour, for example. Yeah. That has hundreds... That's freaking uh, awesome. Tons of millions and millions of followers. Yeah. And now you can go work for them and build an Amazon Alexa app 
what millions of people are going to be using. Yeah. We work with ABC News. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you, I, I break NDA, but I can't even tell you how many people were using our ABC News app today to watch Donald Trump's inauguration. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's the type of stuff, the stuff we work on touches millions and millions of people. Okay. And you get a chance to work with some of the best people in the world to build these experiences. And you get to learn a process that is proven over and over again to be very effective on how to build software. Mm -hmm. So if you're a student and your goal is that you want to run your own tech company one day or you want to work for an innovative tech company, Tribal School is a perfect place for you to come in, step in, be paired literally 100% of the time with a full-time person to go and build things. Um, Who are you looking for? Sorry? Who are you looking for, person-wise? Person-wise, smart and hungry are the two traits that you have to have to get in the door. You have to be smart and you have to be really hungry. Okay. So same as your sales team, essentially, yeah. from the talk. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, smart and hungry is, every, is all across here. You have to be smart and you have to be hungry. Um, but it's really cool, like, for, for a co-op student to come in and be paired with somebody who built Facebook Messenger before. And then you're going to start working on some new software with a person who built Facebook Messenger and literally paired with them nine, eight, eight, nine hours a day. It's much better than going to some other company where you're sitting siloed in a cubicle and you have something that you need to get done. Entering data. Entering data <laughs> or, or building some software um, on your own and just trying to figure everything out. Yeah. You're actually going to be paired with a ninja who's been there and done that before here at Travel Scale, And you can take those skills anywhere else after. I'm going to quote the ninja. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, those are all the questions I have for you for all cool. the record. I, thank you. No problem. Uh, Anytime you want. If you ever yeah. want, if you, even if you want to follow up and you have questions after. Well, that's the end of the interview. I want to say thanks a lot, all of you guys, for downloading, for listening, for giving the audio version a chance. That was Sheetal Jaitley, CEO of Tribal Scale. If you want to find him, look him up. Uh, LinkedIn's a really good way to do it. And also just look up Tribal Scale on any social media channel. Uh, This was another 100 cups of coffee interview down on thexclass.com. If you want to catch me on Instagram, find me at thexclass. On Twitter, that's Dana, thexclass. And I really want to know, did you guys like the audio version? Do you prefer audio over text? Do you like both? What is it that I can do to make this content more easily consumable. I'm really curious. If you want to comment that on Instagram or on the blog post itself, totally fine. SoundCloud works as well. Um, Until next time, and thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it, and have an awesome, awesome day.